0: Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate and I'm Nicole and welcome back to another candid conversation with us. Each week, we
1: bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence.
0: Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Ooh, excited for today. It's another one of our special guest episodes. Oh, Yay! Me too. Yes, me too. Me too. <laughs> so
1: excited for this one.
0: Yes. Today, we're inviting Angela Henderson on the mic to chat with us about handling criticism and negative feedback. So we have been talking about this topic on and off for a bit. We've actually referenced it in a previous episode. And I think while a lot of people online run from criticism and hope that they never hear one bit of negative feedback, I know I felt that way before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've invited Angela on today because we feel that she led by example. She experienced this herself, and I'm grateful that she's willing to come on, rehash this, bring it up again to show us what it looks like to stand up for what you believe and not shrink in the face of criticism. So Nicole, originally you had shared with me this podcast episode that Ange had recorded in response to some comments that she got on an article. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came across that? Yeah, so for context, Angela Henderson,
1: she runs her own consulting business, Angela Henderson Consulting. And she hails from Canada, but she lives here in Australia, in Brisbane, actually. Uh, She's a mum, she's a podcaster, and she coaches female business owners, helping them get up to six and seven figures in annual revenue consistently. And this is what I love about Angela. She's all about supporting and helping women bring more wealth into their life without burning out. So a lot of the topics and things that she helps other women out with. I feel you and I have, you know, we talk about these topics as well. So I feel like there's a lot that we can relate to with Angela. But back in January of this year, something happened uh, that led to Angela having, in her words, the worst 36 hours in business. Now, she's been in business for 11 plus years. And after she wrote an article that was published on a major website here in Australia, the backlash that she got left her completely distraught. It was hell, as she described.
0: Uh, and I think what hit so hard when you shared this, Nicole, is that I think I speak for both of us. It was kind of one of those things where you felt like that could have just so easily been you, right? Yes, like, you see yourself. Content- yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, you put content out there and you just never know how it's going to be received. And so I think that, you know, in addition to what Angela puts out there, both of us being able to relate to that really well, um, that this was also a situation that that we saw as like, oh, wow, that kind of hits close to home. Because mm. as much as you might be prepared for
1: criticism, you think, yeah, it's a, in a theoretical, intellectual way. You're like, oh, yeah, criticism is normal. It's a part of life. I get it. It's, it can happen. It should happen. All of that it can really hit you sometimes in a way that you're not prepared for. So I think Angela is going to share a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, the unexpectedness. Well, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to dive into this chat. So let's go ahead and welcome Angela to the podcast. All right, Angela, welcome to Nicole and Kate can relate. So excited to have you on today for this convo. Thank you for joining us.
2: Gosh, it's always super pumped to hang out with you two amazing humans. So I'm just glad to be in your space.
0: Love it. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, So Nicole and I thought that we would start off by asking you to set the scene. Can you share with us what happened with the Mamma Mia article that you published and kind of give us just a little bit? Of, well, we want to hear from your perspective, like what that experience was.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, the experience was supposed to be fun, right? Really easy, really flowing. And it turned out to be the complete opposite. So my PR team and I thought that it would be great to showcase women pretty much just being able to ask for help because we are so under the pump. uh, I believe women are more under the pump than men. That's just my opinion that we're there's a thing around decision fatigue. There's always decisions that we have to make. And then again, if you have dogs or animals, cats, or your stepmother, whatever, there's more decisions. If you work in business, and you've got clients to take care of, there's more decisions. And so this decision fatigue is really impacting women across the board. And as a mental health clinician of 15 years, where I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, autism, et cetera, I see specifically in the entrepreneur space around women who, do you know what I mean, it starts off at stress, then it leads to burnout, and then it goes to a full-blown mental health diagnosis. And this can be seen across women in careers also, right, collectively. And so for me, I was like, well, I want to showcase to women around the world that you can ask for help, that it's safe to ask, for help and that you don't have to carry all these decisions and burdens for you. So I have had a house manager last year, a gardener last year, and then a cleaner last year. And so my PR team was like, this is a wonderful story to be able to demonstrate and start breaking down some of these barriers for women and being able to ask for help. So we demonstrated in this article the different things that I outsource in my life to make it better, thinking that it was going to empower women and that, Um, and, and it pretty much it did. So I do want to caveat that. The women who needed to receive that message received that message. And despite the tens of thousands of negative comments I had around the world, um, those people who needed to hear it did. So I do want to make sure that, yeah, there were still some who had positive outlook.
0: I love that perspective that you just gave on it. And I definitely want to dive into that um, as we get into this conversation, because I think it's so important to recognize and realize like, look, I have a message that I'm sharing with this specific person or this avatar. And if that's what you're looking to accomplish and you are able to accomplish that, like everything else then becomes kind of obsolete, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I definitely don't want to dismiss the fact that you did go through an experience where you did have those, you know, thousands of negative comments, a lot of criticism, a lot of backlash, I guess, is kind of how I would describe it. So it doesn't sound like you expected that at all. So what was when, how'd you find out that it had kind of gone that way? Like, what were your first thoughts and feelings when you heard about that? Yeah, so all of a sudden, I was actually on a one on
2: one call with a client of mine in the US. And then I got off that call and my like, messages were just going crazy. They're like, Ange, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And it was from phone calls to emails to DMs. And I was like, seen what? And they're like, Mamma Mia's article's gone out. And I was like, Oh, great. And they're like, No, it's not so great. I was like, What do you mean? And I was like, the intention was to empower women around the world to ask for help. And they're like, Oh, no, people have gone crazy. And I was like, Okay, so the initial Initial, I mean, the outlet it was on is also known for clickbait. There is that. So mm-hmm. we need to be very clear that I was very well aware of the audience that it was going to. But that wasn't actually the problem. There's a very known person here in Australia who then claims to be a feminist, who then decided to forward it on to her fairly lucrative audience which is great. I'm all about free to you know I mean speech. However, there was deformation involved because the way she shared it to her audience was not a true reflection of anything of me on that. I also actually reached out to that particular person and said, "You've made some very inaccurate information" and I was basically told to F off. It was her platform, her choice. So, with that being said, the Mamma Mia part I had no problems with. It was how viral it went from this known person in Australia that I had a problem with because her intent was to feel her audience, in my opinion, Why do I think that? Because as soon as she got everyone the tens of thousands of comments on her thread, her next post was a selling post. So she was able to get the algorithm working in her favor so that when she went to sell something, more people are more likely to see it in her feed and buy the stuff, right? That's the problem that I had was that if you're a true feminist and you're really supporting women to be able to empower them to decrease their decision fatigue, but then you go and start bashing my husband saying my kids are going to be worthless, I've got a problem with that. So I actually lawyered up. I asked my lawyer and my legal team what could be done about that. And they said, because in Australia particular, you're responsible for anything that is shared onto your um, social media pages. And you're also equally responsible for monitoring the comments that's inside of Facebook groups too. It's, It's across all platforms. And they said, theoretically, yes, we could have some leverage grounds to be able to do this. But they said, then the legal team would have to go through every comment. And there were so many of them. And then they would have have to weigh each comment as to do you know what I mean? How much that comment impacted and def- like had deformation on my brand, right? So for me, is I just had to like let it go. I have to trust that the universe is giving me exactly what I need, and that this has be- been presented to me for a particular reason. So as hard as it was, and as you know, I mean, there was lots of tears, but I had people going. I've got Twitter covered, you know, we've got this over, we'll do Year just get off of social media. And that's what I had to do. And I really just had to trust that the process was going to, um, you know, the right people were going to hear that message.
0: Wow. I mean, well, I feel like I'm your avatar because I read the article and I thought what you were sharing was incredible. I think it's, to your point, a message that not enough people hear. And I think it's a message that really does hold a lot of, um, the ability to empower people to not feel bad about asking for help. And I'm all about the decision fatigue and everything that we have going on in our lives and feeling bad about asking for help is the last thing that people should be worried about. So, uh, for anyone tuning in, we're we're going to link up the article, and I'd love to link up your podcast episode that was your response to it um, in the description of this episode, so that people can dive into that and check it out. But what was like, in generally speaking, I know you had thousands of negative comments and criticism, but generally speaking, what was the the negative or the the backlash to this? Like, why were people upset about this?
2: Again, I think people are upset about it because they run from a place of lack. They run from a place of scarcity. In our culture, we are always, you know, It's we're also a self-obsessed culture. We're very much about our own insulated view, our own insulated family. And I don't think society collectively is prepared for some of these big changes that we need to start seeing in the place. Again, women asking for help. Men can go ask for help, but gosh forbid, the women ask for help, right? So there's still a lot of things that we have to break down. But regardless if you're a woman or a, woman or a man, I still think the majority of society runs from a place of lack, they don't run from a place of abundance. And they're always looking at dynamine, uh, bringing people down because it's an easy thing to do. And so for me, it's also the inner work, you know, I work with hypnotherapists, I work with healers, I work with a variety of other people to work on my own past traumas and my own past situations in order to become a better person. So I would suspect also being in, well, not suspect, but also being in the mental health space where, again, depression, anxiety, addiction runs so fluently across our world that that too impacts people running from a place of lack. So I feel that the majority of our world has not done the inner work to heal themselves, whatever that looks like, T1 trauma, T2 trauma, and therefore when things like this get put out, they trigger past wounds, current wounds, and that society doesn't have the skills to cope with this type of change. Because again, we're running from a place of lack and scarcity.
1: Wow. Yeah, there's a lot there. I I, I mean, you know, your intention behind the article was to help women like the work that Mm -hmm. you do. You know, I've listened to your podcast episodes. I've read your blog. um, You're all about supporting other women. What surprised you the most about the response from other women? Like you talked about it in in, in what you just mentioned, that there is this perhaps a scarcity or it's bringing up old wounds. But what do you think, what was it about the, the response from other women, you know, shocked you?
2: The stuff that shocked me was, again, the assumptions that people make right? We are so quick to judge. But the reality of it is, is we are judging people every single day. We're judging people because someone cut us off for a car spot. We're judging people because of this. And that. I think we have this lack of empathy and our sympathy to showcase and demonstrate. And I think social media has a lot to play for that. We've become so almost desensitized to people's feelings and that they forget that there's a human behind, human being behind everything. And that again, would they go say that to your face? Would all those tens of thousands of people lined up at the front of my house to say what they said? No. But there's almost, like I said, this desensitization. The thing that kind of shocked me the most is when they were like, Your kids are deadbeats. Your kids are going to, I mean, they're going to be the negative downfall of society. This is why. And I was like, Mike, like I was like, again, obviously my kids were mentioned briefly in the article, but I was like, You're really going to have a go at my kids? Like my kids still do the dishwasher, they still pick up dog- Every day, they take the dog for a walk, they have to set the dinner table like my kids. And that's, again, those beliefs that we're brought up with. Mm. Just because someone does our laundry and someone cooks for this doesn't mean that my kids are lazy. But that's what we've been taught as a society. So unless we're doing more, 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 this equals lazy, more, 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 you have to work harder. I mean, again, in the entrepreneur space, you've got to work hard in order to make money. And if you don't work hard, then you're going to be a failure. So there's a lot of old beliefs, too, that again, I can only so when I think about some of the comments, I can understand some of the comments, because if that's what people were sitting around a dinner table growing up. And that's what they were seen, And that's what they were taught also about taught about money. You have to remember this would have triggered a lot of people's own beliefs around money. Right. And if they grow up from a place of like parents going money doesn't grow on trees and you know, um, you got to work hard for your money and you've got to do all this. People would have been triggered by how I was spending my money. But what I thought was interesting is when I looked at some of the people's profiles that were commenting and I did do this, Because I was looking at like trying to make sense of it all. I was like, well, hold on. There was people with like sleeves of tattoos. And I was like, well, those tattoos would have cost you thousands of dollars. They're not cheap. Am I criticizing you for your tattoos? No, that's what you chose to spend your money on. I don't drink a lot of alcohol. I might drink three or four times a year. That's it. I don't do drugs, right? But where I do choose to spend my money is where what was hiring the the house manager, hiring the, the cleaner, hiring the gardener. I would argue that they're spending more on that than what I was for asking for help. But it's become accepted that it's okay to spend money on that, but it's not okay to spend money on that. And so, again, I believe a lot of this was running from that place of lack and scarcity, but also how people have been brought up and taught about money. And so, again, until we have those conversations about money, um, you know, things are going to be, you know, we're going to continue these patterns and cycles. Um, and that's something that I think is uh, detrimental to the growth of the world collectively.
1: Yeah, the money piece of it is interesting, I think. It's funny because we're all from different parts of the world, right? You're from Canada. Kate's American. I'm Australian. And I think the conversations around money and the way people handle those conversations or what money conversations trigger in people can be very different. And I think in Australia in particular, I don't know, you could correct me, you know, if I'm wrong, we're a little bit we don't like talking about how people spend their money. We're very quick to judge how people spend their money.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've lived in Canada a third of my life, America a third of my life, and Australia a third of my life, and I would definitely say that Aussies are a lot more different when it comes to money mindset. I mean, again, obviously, I'm in the business side of things, but we also know a study was done back in 2020, I think it was, around how how the world buys, and Australians behind France are like the least trusting country when it comes to spending money in buying things right and so again it's just like the way that people it's like yeah we do things we're a little bit behind the times i would say you know whereas when i go to america and there's like the dollar stores for example you know, like we've got no problems due to mean spending money right it's just like it's almost become of a cultural thing whereas in australia i find people hold their money and there's only certain ways quote unquote that we should use our money so i definitely think Aussies a little bit behind when it comes to that
0: yeah so interesting and um, I want to take it back to what you said kind of towards the beginning. And, and that's really your perspective, focusing on the fact that you were able to reach the person then that you were trying to reach with the message that you wanted to reach them with. But I think that and this all goes back to the mindset work and like what we really have to be self responsible for for learning and for becoming better at. And that is the idea that we have values that we hold important to us. We have beliefs that we hold important to us. But negative criticism and that negative feedback, I think, can really make people start to second guess themselves and you can sometimes think like, Oh my gosh. I mean, should, should I not have said that? Um, and I'm speaking generally. I'm not speaking about you specifically. And you come out with, again, with this, you know, beautiful perspective of, of I was able to help the people that were meant to hear this message. How do you? S- Keep focus on that positive attitude, that positive mindset in the midst of something that, you know, frankly, just like it doesn't feel great to be criticized in that way. Like you said, they brought your kids into it and like, that's not cool. How do you focus on that positive?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, I still have to take responsibility on how I handle this situation hmm. Right. So I have a choice. I can either sit in my bed and cry and question what I do or etc. Or I can choose to look at the positive, even in the most darkest of times. I mean, that similar thing is, is I lost my grandmother on Christmas, then I lost my brother on Mother's Day, I lost a father type figure on New Year's Day, I lost a business friend two weeks after that. And just recently, a year ago, I lost a best friend again, I can sit in that grief every single day, or I can choose to grieve when I need to, but still look at, listen, I can't change what's happened. But what I can change is how I use my voice in the future. How I can change is how I handle and receive the information that's being presented to me. So for me is yes, I cried. Yes, I was sad. Yes, I talked about it on the podcast. But to me, it's still about the notion of making sure that women around the world still use their voice in a way that works for them, that women take responsibility for how they're showing up in their life every single day, and that women take responsibility on how they handle certain situations, because nobody's coming to save you. That's on you to figure out that's on you to do the inner work. And that's the stuff that I believe women need to really start owning. Stop trying to blame your husbands for things. Stop trying to like I can blame all those haters. I can blame the lady. But I also look at this was presented to me. There's a reason why the universe put this in front of me. Was it to test how I handled it? Was it to test to see if I continue to use my voice? I don't know exactly what it is, but I believe every situation in our life gets presented to us and we've got choice on how we deal with it. I just choose to look at the positive.
0: Yeah, wow. Beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: And so much bravery and courage because, you know, I, I listened to that episode, you know, recorded after as a response and just hearing the comments, the, the the meanness, the level that people will stoop to, to attack someone, like you said, they, they're unlikely that they would attack you to your face. But because it's behind a screen, it's in the comments, it's in a comment box, then for some reason, people can dish out the most horrible things in such an easy way. Um, so, it just took so much courage. And you know, your vulnerability is, yeah, is very, very admirable. Very admirable. Well, thank
2: you. And I guess it's also about understanding like, were those comments, what they're saying were true. You know, it's easy for us to then go into that belief that those things are true, but are my kids deadbeats? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Are my kids good kids with huge hearts? Yes. Right. So it's about how, again, we receive that information and process it and to, to know what is true and what isn't. And really, again, holding that space to to know that, you know, everything will be okay.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting point about the topic is how do we handle? negative criticism, right? I think we're taught even as kids in high school, then you go into, to work, you know, there, there'll be performance reviews, all of that. It's, you know, we're kind of prepped in the world to understand that we will get feedback. You know, you should embrace feedback. You should embrace, you know, constructive criticism, all the way, all the, all the ways that it's phrased. But I suppose in what's different about this situation is that public experience, right? Mm And so knowing and, and so knowing that you had this experience and knowing that this is I mean, you mentioned it too in at the beginning as well, that you kind of expected that it wouldn't sit well with certain people. Like you kind of prepared in some way, but not really prepared for the magnitude of the hate and the negativity.
2: I guess sorry, Nicole, what I wasn't prepared what I wasn't prepared for was a very well known feminist mm. feminist beliefs about supporting women to share it. Okay. In a derogatory way that defamed me. That's what I wasn't prepared for. I was fine because I approved that article to go out on Mamma Mia. Right. And okay. my responsibility was I wasn't prepared for was that. And from that, I believe that's where the negative knock on really amplified. Okay. And so that's what I wasn't prepared for. I knew that things would get shared, they get shared, but for someone that stands in, in, in empowering women and empowering women to have a voice, to me it went against everything that this particular woman and author and known person in Australia goes for.
1: Right. So when we so as business owners, as content creators, we put stuff out there it's kind of a risk, isn't it? Like what's going to happen with this piece of content? What's going to happen with this idea or belief or, you know, position that I'm putting out there and and standing up for. And
2: And I also have to go like, again, there was something a a friend and I were talking about is I've also just had to accept that we can agree to disagree too. Mm -hmm. In a world that we're in, we've almost been, if you're too far left, too far right, then you don't belong. You're the minority or the majority, right? Mm -hmm. You look at politics not that I'm condoning Trump or I'm this, but the reality of it is there are still some people who are Trump supporters, but they are still some of the most kindest human beings I know in the world. So why should I pinch and hold them as bad people for having an opinion about Trump when I, I mean, again, clearly, you know, I'm not a huge, like I'm not a Trump supporter, but, but does it mean that they're bad humans? So I also had to look at this from a human kindness perspective. These people that are posting this? Are they really bad people? Do I really think that they're bad people? No, I just think that in a world that we live in, where there's an essence of loneliness and depression and fear and scarcity, that sometimes this is people's outlet to feel connected. So I've also had to look at that too, is I believe we've lost the ability to disagree. And Mm. though I don't agree with their comments, they still have, in my opinion, I still want people to be able to voice their opinions, because that's where I think great conversations come from. I just feel like we're too busy agreeing to agree with everyone right now. Right. Um, I'm seeing it all the time. If you don't agree, then you get shunned or shamed in the online space. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Why is it being like that? I see it in the coaching industry all the time. Why can't they just roll with it? Why do we have to be agreeable, you know? So not that um, I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad all these people were mean, but I've tried to also look at it from a different lens and they too have had opinions. And Mm. I can't own or be responsible for their opinions. I'm responsible for how I receive those opinions and what I do with that from moving
1: forward. Yeah, I think what you did was the bravery and the courage behind that is that, I think what happens now is that people have so much, they might have contempt for someone's idea or position. It's like, oh, I'm not a Trump supporter, so I'm going to shut that conversation out of my life. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that person's views because they stand on that side and I stand on this side. And by doing that, we stop to engage with those other people as human beings. Mm -hmm. But what you did by engaging, re-engaging in the conversation, putting out your podcast episode, putting out a response is that you, you still, you didn't shut those people out. Mm -hmm. You're there for the conversation to continue, Mm -hmm. which I think is what people are not doing in many cases. And that's the danger. That's the harm. When we, when we shut people out, we say, well, you're so mean, you're so horrible. You have this idea. I don't believe with, I don't agree with that idea. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not even going to entertain. I'm not even going to listen. I'm not even going to look your way. Mm -hmm. And I think what you did really showed that. Let's keep having the conversation, even if we don't agree. Even if this topic is a bit triggering, money is hard to talk about. Perhaps you this is bringing up some trauma. Some you know, you know, all of those things around it. But let's still have the – I'm still here for the conversation. That's what I got out of it.
2: 100%. And that's what I'll do in all my podcasts or whatever. It's like I'm either here for it or not. I mean I just released a podcast episode about like are you living a rich life? people are going to naturally assume that I mean riches in regards to the like dollar amount, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think a conversation we're not having having is people are determining their success or failure by how much money is in the bank. But what about the richness of life? What about having a really great relationship? What about having richness in health? What about richness in our family, richness in our friends? Why does everything have to be defined by richness in regards to a dollar amount, right? So it's about opening up these conversations because I believe, again, And the more conversations we have, the more change will be made. Uh, But also allowing people the outlet to have an opinion. I think that's too. I think it's just important.
0: Well, we're all about the conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Uh, So on that note, I'm curious, Ange, was there a continuation of the conversation? Like, What happened after you published that podcast episode? And did you kind of go back to this person and say like, I mean, was there a continuation after that? Yeah. So after once I spoke with the
2: legal team, I was like, again, I've got two choices. How much emotional energy do I want to put into this to Mm -hmm. this particular human? And for me, it was like, you know what, I don't want to put in any emotional energy. This is her view. This is how she wants to, you know, perceive everything, let her continue to have hers. But again, I wanted to make sure that my view was also heard. So I had lots of emails and DMs from women, though, too, going, listen, I hired a cleaner this past weekend. I've hired this, I don't even know what a house manager does. I'm looking into it. Thank you for making my life better, you know, so we had lots of positive comments, you know, from that. Uh, So yes, so, you know, like I said, it's, it's always a learning curve, right? It's always about, you know, what could I do better? Could I have been more sensitive? Could I have been? Could have I have explained things more in the article? Would have could have doesn't matter. It's about what I do for the future, right? So and it's also about just surrendering your surrendering and detaching myself from that. Um, and just going that I showed up true. I showed up authentic, you know, in an authentic way. And that again, that that's all I can do. I, I need to be able to lay my head on my pillow at the end of the night. And I was able to do that pre and post. So, yeah. So the, like I said, I chose not to actively go back to that particular person in Australia who had shared that uh, and just left it as, you know what? She's got to now, she has to lay her own head on her pillow at night and that's on her to, to be able to do that.
0: Has this experience changed the way that you approach content, whether it's on your own site, or I guess, more focused to this specific experience on other people's sites?
2: No, it's it's put a fire in my belly because women just need to start taking responsibility for their lives, really. So I'm very much about ensuring and continuing to ensure, like, stop trying to hide under rocks, stop trying to blame things for people and start taking responsibility for your life. So if anything, it's only fueled me more to make sure that we're continuing to empower women to really step outside and own their power, own their voice, own what they truly want. I mean, again, an example is, is whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. And Christmas Day, uh, my husband just did one last thing that kind of topped me over, and I asked him for a separation. Now, call it what you will, but whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. And here I live by that motto, and 90% of my life, but with not my marriage. So Christmas Day last year, I asked for for that. You know, we can all do hard things. We all are responsible for our own life. So, for me, this has only given me more fuel in order to make sure that women are genuinely stepping into the life that they want and stop making excuses. Wow.
0: Well, Who? Mic drop. <sighs>
1: totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very inspiring. And I, and, you
1: know, I love that you and the way you're taking this experience is that. You know, and, and this is, this is, I suppose, a, a lesson, a message, something that I'm taking away is that to continue to put out work, to continue to create, it's not always going to land the right way. But you, you said before, you I could have done it better I could have said something else I could have done it differently and what I'm hearing in that is that you're learning by actually you know putting stuff out there and and not carrying away not retreating to like okay I'm not going to I I'm not going to talk about this subject anymore because it's just this is too hard you're actually looking at it going well if I do this again and I am planning on doing it again because I'm still passionate about this topic and I still believe it I'm taking lessons from that previous experience. How can I maybe have the conversation better? Or, because I remember reading some of the comments, people actually wanted to know. I remember seeing some women saying, can I, can you explain more about that? More details, please. I want to actually know a step by step process um, of, you know, exactly what it, what's involved in hiring a house manager and exactly the, all of those details. So I think, by if I'm taking anything away as a business owner, as someone who's, you know, creating content or wants to create more content, it's like, well, I can arm myself with knowing that it may not be great when I put it out there. It may not land well. It may not sit well with everyone, but that's okay. I'm going to learn from it. And as long as I'm really aligned and clear on my values and my mission, then I can just continue to improve and, and, you know, and just get better and better at it, I suppose.
2: 100%. I mean, I never look at anything as a mistake. I always look at it as a lesson. And again, it's a lesson that will only improve us. And I also think every single day we evolve as human beings. We evolve emotionally, we evolve physically, mentally, etc. And so through that evolution is where we continue for goodness to come, greatness to come. And if we stop doing that, then we hinder ourselves from ever evolving. So to me, is I just looked at this as this is another puzzle piece. This is another step. This is another another evolution, and those lessons will help me to continue to grow and be a better human, a better mother, a better partner uh, in the future.
1: I love it. Ange, I listened to an episode recently where you mentioned um, you have a new man in your life. You've yes. You've rediscovered love. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about what's what's on the horizon now?
2: Yeah. I mean, again, it's about putting yourself out into the world, right? And so, again, I had a choice. Did I want to find love again or did I not want to find love again? Again, it's choice. So, I was sitting there going, what do I do? And so, I was like, well, if you look at it from a marketing perspective and visibility, there's organic partnerships and paid my friend network wasn't really able to help me right <laughs> so uh my other like again so organically i could have tried myself i was like but my network is like small in that area my partner's a friend small in that area so i was like well i guess we're hopping on the tinder and bumble right avenue and again it was just like the t- i did an article or a podcast around the seven things i learned from tinder you know your profile picture matters your bio matters putting yourself out there you're going to get rejected people are going to judge you right you're going to judge other people you know all these things and so again putting the fear aside and just continuing to be present and in front of people just like we have to do with our business is what I needed to do so yes so I met a really cool guy named Al he's been in my world for about five months now and yes to be able to yeah find uh, love again in a very unexpected and and I didn't think that would be happening so quick after the separation but I just have to trust that everything is happening for me and not against me Uh, and so yes so that's just been working out well he met the kids over the weekend, which was great, because I've got two delightful souls. So that went seemingly. And so again, it's I I try not to do too much masculine energy and planning too much. I try to kind of lean a little bit more to the feminine now, which isn't always easy. But just trusting that whoever's in my life is supposed to be meant to, to be there, whatever opportunities come are supposed to be the way and really start trying to maneuver everything to work for me and just trust that what's in front of me is working for me, not against me.
1: That's so beautiful. I just, I love how you're so, I love your openness. I love your philosophy in life and your vulnerability. I think all of these things really give you a lot of strength. Um, you know, I, I'm a big crier too. Like I cry and I'll admit to crying if something, if I feel down or sad or something's upset me. Um, and I, I, you know, I love the fact that you own that and you use it as a, to feel strong in many ways. It's kind of counterintuitive. Um, but no. Like, yeah, no, so yeah, I just feel like we got to lean into it. I think again, so often we suppress things
2: because that's what society tells us, especially in Western culture, mm. you know, so it's kind of like if I'm in the emotion, and I find that like that some of my best content is when I'm in the emotion, uh, you know, it's it just kind of flows more easily. And then you can always go back and tighten it after. But yeah, life is life is supposed to be free. Life is supposed to be easy. Life is supposed to be light. In a world where things are dark and heavy, sometimes it's very hard to step out of what everyone else is doing and seeing and feeling and just kind of really own your own space. And sometimes there's an essence of loneliness too. You know, like I know right now with um, getting into this relationship and leaving that there are friends of mine who are in marriages and who have gone through divorce. And I know I'm probably too much for them right now because they're Mm -hmm. like, why can they kind of drop passive aggressive kind of things like, why can she still be so happy? Why is this happening for her? But it's like, again, I've taken responsibility. So sometimes it can be lonely because the rest of the world doesn't understand, right? Because yeah. they're quite happy to default back to poor me. Life sucks. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going right for me. I'm in a dead, deadbeat job, whatever. But I'm like, again, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Mm-hmm. I chose to ask for the separation. I chose to put myself out there. I chose to... It didn't mean find love again, right? These are all the things that I've asked for that I've done, you know? So if I own that naturally, good things are going to come back because I'm just putting it out there. But if you're in an unhappy marriage, if you're in an unhappy job, the only person who can change that is you nobody is coming to save you. And that was the big realization. Like I remember I was in my bathroom on Christmas when I was like, I looked at myself crying in the mirror and I was like, not again, I'm not going into 2022 again with this. Do you know what I mean? On my shoulders, no more. And I was like, I had no one was coming. My dad wasn't coming to save me. My kids weren't going to, no one was going to save me. I have to save myself. And so again, you need to yeah, own up, take responsibility and make some changes if you aren't happy and, and stop Listening and believing the story that life has to be hard because life can be very beautiful if you choose that.
1: I love that. And that's such a great lesson on this topic of how to handle negativity criticism all of that with that philosophy in mind
2: and again we can all do hard things i think we forget Mm -hmm. about that i think that we want the easy route hardness doesn't mean that hardness is forever was it hard having to tell my kids that we were getting separated absolutely was it hard to have to move my my ex-husband out absolutely is it still hard as we maneuver finances yes but hard is it going to be forever Hard is only forever if you choose hard forever. So you're going to go through hard moments, but then there's always a sunshine. There's always a brightness at the end.
0: Oh, Oh, man. I feel
1: very enriched by this conversation. Thank you so much, Ange. Gosh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me, ladies.
0: Ange, we'd love for you to share with our friends who are tuning in where they can connect with you and find out more about you.
2: Yeah, I always say the best spot to go is head to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. And then you choose how you want to connect with me. If you want to listen to the podcast, if you want to work with me, if you want to follow me on my socials, do what feels right for you. It's not about me. Life is about you. So you choose how you want to connect. But ultimately, just go to my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au.
0: Thank you so much for your inspiration, sharing your strength, and for sharing your story today, Ange.
2: Gosh, thank you so much. I hope you both have a beautiful day.
0: Thank you. You too. All right, friends, well, as we close out today's chat on criticism and negative feedback, we hope that like us, you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most.
1: And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate can relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.